Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. different now than when we spoke the first time around. I feel like we were both just kids back then. I know, we were. Feels like we lived a whole life since then. It's crazy. I mean, we have. What's the hardest thing about being you? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, Peeps, with your peep, Irene, recording live at CDA, uh, full circle episode with Dr. Are you tired of feeling like a contortionist after a long day working in clinical practice? This message is brought to you by our sponsors at Designs for Vision, who are offering you a 45-day free trial of any of their loops, but I strongly encourage you to try their ergonomic loops called Infinity View. Say goodbye to your chin down, neck cranked, poor posture, dental procedure and practice. All you have to do is go to their website, submit a form in order to get your rep to reach out to you, get measured and get your loops. And then you get 45 days to figure out if you like them or if there's anything that you want to change. Or you can just send them back, but I don't think you will. So buckle up, get ready to rock the infinity view loops and say hello to a life filled with joy, comfort, and amazing posture. Thank you Designs for Vision for creating these beautiful loops. I can't go back to my old ones, ever. Episode with Dr. Matt. How do you pronounce it? I say Ansaro, but I don't think it is. It's there's, there's no N before the A, it's Asaro. Asaro. I think I made this mistake the first time around too. So people in California pronounce it Asaro. Yeah. And then East Coast, like Northeast New York accent, would say a Saro. Like what my, do you say? My dad says a Saro. Well, I'm from I'm from New York, so I no, say so I say a, a, a Saro. All right, but it doesn't. Doctor bo- Matt, a Saro. A Saro. Like, hey, <laughs> ah, I'm like a cat, so. <laughs> it really doesn't bother me. Though. We were here in 2019 when we recorded. We met for the first time here. Uh, we were like at the Hugh Freedy booth, I think, just like board a counter and set up shop. We didn't even have chairs. We were so ghetto. We were just standing around. Your setup is uh, my setup has changed. Evolved quite it's a bit. It's evolved. I mean, there's a there's a cardboard piece of paper in here because they <laughs> gave me a round table, so I made it square. Well, I would have never known. Yeah, just so that my face isn't distorted in the front. But you know, just doing doing the best with the resources we got. This is great. I'm a happy lot's for you. changed for you. Thank you. A lot's changed for both of us, but a lot's changed for you in the last few years. Um, this was kind of an impromptu. I didn't know that I would see you here episode because normally I would like, I did one with Joyce recently, just like a few minutes ago. And I pulled up the notes from my old 
our old call, like our old interview. And she's changed a lot. And so have you. I mean, your Instagram's grown, which means a lot has happened in your personal and professional life from 2019. Yeah, we got we to gotta be growing. We what happened? Growing. What, what, uh, what's changed? Back then you were, so you were a new grad-ish, right? You were like a year or two out? Mm-hmm. 2019, is that yep, right? Yep. So you were a couple years out. You were associating somewhere. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, in Beverly Hills. In Beverly Hills, yeah. Um, for like a cool practice. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I remember you telling me? Gosh, what else was going on back then, 2019? Mm. Just like a lot of uh, learning, a lot of silly social media antics. Oh yeah, a lot more like I was. I feel like I was having a lot more fun with it then. Um, I would like to get back to that. I want to. Uh, what do you mean, get back to? What happened? I'm, ju- I'm scrolling. I I'm scrolling. I'm not being rude. I got his a p- profile open. Well, there's a lot of teeth on your page now. Now I know there's a lot more before and afters that you didn't you didn't do before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I used to just kind of have. Hey, fun. you got engaged. I got engaged. That happened too. Okay, that's in 2022. We're not there yet. <laughs> um, okay, so you were doing more fun stuff. But well, what what do you think changed? Yeah. Well, now I'm now I'm a practice owner, so yeah. I'm wearing the practice owner hat, I and feel it's that like so deeply. You know, you kind of have to juggle the fine line of, you know, wanting to market yourself to potential patients, but also being authentically, you know, you and and also having fun with it. So I think I think the golden formula is to blend all of those things together. You know, to yeah. be to be yourself. To have fun with it, to enjoy it, to be professional, be perfect, but yet also, you know, market yourself to potential patients. Yeah. Do you find that you get a lot of potential like patients coming in from social? Yeah. From the videos, from the before and afters, what do you like? Do you do you have a question on your intake forms, like to be super specific of where they come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Every my coordinators who received all the phone calls and and you know. Um, respond to people who, who leave inquiries through yeah. the website and stuff, that's the first thing that they tell them or they ask them is, you know, how did you find us? Yeah. It's very important to know that. Sure. And I would say a very good percentage of the good leads, at least, are from social media. Yeah. Do you find there's a specific demographic that comes in through social? Like, a us age... A s- specific age range or like specific procedure that they're looking for most most of my cosmetic cases i'd say yeah come through from social media but then again like i would say the majority of the people who are on social media are like not boomers yeah but <laughs> the opposite of boomer right? everyone else <laughs> but then there's been a few you know more mature people who yeah their granddaughter sure or somebody told them about me and then they called and they're like oh, i don't really know where she found you from but she told me to call you yeah so it's powerful i mean it's more powerful now than it's ever been yeah for and sure it, and it's rapidly changing so you have to constantly keep up with it yeah and i mean for businesses on social media the algorithm is not really in our favor i mean our stuff doesn't perform usually as well unless you're branding it very personal so like your instagram is super personal with your name in it but like my dental office instagram account like tooth life studio gets like no likes no views very few like a few thousand followers but it doesn't perform as well as a creator account with more movement in the page 
Um, so now I see a lot more like individual clinicians promoting themselves. And then it's interesting when like, I was talking to someone who's an associate who promotes themselves heavily, who works at multiple practices. And my question was like, cool. So like you bring in patients, which is amazing. Like I, I have an associate, she brings in some patients, but not many. Most of them come in th- either organically or through, through me. Um, so what do you do with those patients? Like, well, I, if I leave, I take them somewhere else or I decide which office I bring them to. That's such a different dynamic. It's hard. But it's, as a business owner, I'm like, damn, like that's, that's, I want my associate to bring them to me, not to bring them to the other office that they associate in. Of course. But I would also, I would encourage associates to start their own practice out of another practice before they own a practice. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Which is kind of what that is, right? Like you're, you're bringing in your own clients, you're treating your own clients or patients and bringing them with you wherever you go. Right. But if you bring them to like the actual practice that you work at as, as a patient of that practice, then they kind of belong to that practice. True. I guess it also check your contracts because you can't break contracts. But what I, what I was doing, cause I never, I never had it any type of, I never, um, really did that so what I what I did was I had a very close friend who had a practice and his practice was a startup so he wasn't really that seeing that many people there like yeah. there was days where he had nobody yeah so I would just rent a chair from him yeah and I would just bring in my own patients like once a week and then just kind of started it that way yeah that's smart and you just paid him like a few thousand bucks here and there or whatever that was not even yeah not even. I mean, he was my friend, so maybe it was less than, like, I used to pay him, like, 500 bucks for That's the day. Cheap. But he was kind of, like, he was trying to get me to not pay him at all. And I was, like, no, like, let me at least me give you something. 500 yeah. because, you know, he was, like, look, I'm not using the chair anyway. Right. But still, like, but you wanted still. to. It's a business transaction, right. right? Like, let's take friendship off the table for now. There's time for that. I had a doctor who. That's smart. I, that's, and that's, not, that's very kind of you because there would be others that would for sure just jump on that. Yeah, I had a doctor who rented a chair from me. Yeah. For when I first started my office, when I when I wasn't using all my chairs, I only have four chairs, but when I was really just starting, and it was the same arrangement, and it worked out well. And then you know, two years of doing that, and then she yeah. ended up getting her own office. And when they rented the chairs from you, did they also like use your team, your staff, Mm-mm. like no? So they I had w- to like I mean, bring their own bin. She she wanted to bring everything of her own, um, but. Once in a while, she would, like, need something, and I was like, just take it, you know? Like, sure. it's... it's, it's A drop in the bucket. Right, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So you opened your own practice when? 2020. Oh, same yeah. as me. When? What month? September. Okay. Sep- August, September. September yeah. 1st was the first day. So mine was August 27th. Wow. Yeah, look at us look go. Look at us. <laughs> the worst day of my life. <laughs> Stressful, I cried right? that day. I saw my mom and my dad were my first two patients. And then after seeing my dad, I bawled. I was like, we were full PPE. Like we were N95 face shields, gowns, uh, air purification. I had to like close up my operators with plastic, plastic wrap Jesus. basically. Cause we had, we weren't allowed to operate in an, an open air clinic. It's so a tough it was time. like very tough time intense, but I think both of us made the right move. Did we? I think so. I think so. Because yeah. it's, never, it's never... Or not. Joyce wants to get out of her practice. <laughs> Who knows, right? She's a different... She's got a different life. Yeah. She but also is doing the whole, you know, mom thing. Yeah. And she seems like a great mother. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess everything happens as it's supposed to. So you opened up your own practice. Where is it? It's um, in between Fairfax and La Cienega on Wilshire. I don't know where that is. I'm from not from around here. So, like, all I know is, Where's like, your practice? I'm in Toronto, Canada. So, like, in the downtown core. Okay. Um, so, you're, yeah, you're pretty, far, you're pretty far from here. Yeah, I'm across the country. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's basically Beverly Hills. Okay. So, like, in the heart of Fancyland. It's... How close to Fancyland is it? It's right down the street from Fancyland. Fancyland, to me, is, like, that famous intersection. There's, like, a little pavement thing that goes up, and there's, like, all of the beautiful stores. All of the movies are shot there. That's Fancyland to me. That's Fancyland, yep. Right down the street. Okay, so you're down the street from Fancyland. What does that mean for you and other dentists in your neighborhood? Like, how many other... Fancyland dentists are there. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot. But, like, what does it mean for me is nothing, really. Because I think you, in my opinion, you have to have the mindset of, I don't have competitors. You know, you need to be doing something different, and you need to um, you need to create an experience that's different, and you need to create a culture that's different. And, you know, uh, one of my close friends slash older brother slash mentor to me is uh, this guy, Dr. Mataria. And he's like an implant guru. And he kind of taught me this concept. Like you ever um, you ever notice that like McDonald's will like open up a location like right right across the street from like a Burger King or like a Wendy's, like they don't they don't care. And it's because they're they're like, look, we are what we are and we're not really worried about what they're doing. So that's kind of the mindset you have to have, in my opinion. Especially so cool. if you're going to be in, you know, the super saturated competitive area that I'm in. Yeah. Um, I think we should just call it fancy land. Fancy. <laughs> La it La Land. It sounds so much cooler. You know where they, f- they filmed the the Emma Stone dancing in La La Land? The, yeah. the lights? The yeah. Fa- those fancy land lights? Yeah. That's like right next to my office. No way. That's cool. That's very cool. You know what they filmed down the street from me? <laughs> the crime scene that happened. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That was a joke. <laughs> there's a lot of kind of. There's a lot of there's a lot of crime. Yeah. Where no, we I know that to. was a, just a bad. There's no filming happening in my neighborhood. I'm in like a super like it's called the beaches, the North Beaches. It's like family, very family focused neighborhood. Nice. No fanciness, but I find it interesting that you you said that you know that you've learned in a very relatively short period of time that like competition is in your own head kind of thing. Um, did you always feel that way or is that? Uh, no. I mean, I think like we like as humans are innately kind of wired to be like looking and comparing ourselves to others. So I think you have to like take an active approach to stop that. And it's definitely something I think you have to like kind of train your mind to do. Um, and it's like a never ending practice to always remember. But yeah, I, I this is the way I see it. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, that the Kobe like Mamba mentality where he's like, he's like, I'm just going to obliterate every, every opponent. And, and it's like, kind of like this no mercy, like I'm the greatest, like I'll squash anybody type Tiger Woods mentality yep. also. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the th- greats. Those are right. The greats. Those are, those are killer mentalities to have, but those are, those are sports. So that's a zero sum game. Whereas with what we're doing, it's not like that. It's not a zero-sum game. In that, in those, in those, in those sports, if your opponent wins, you lose. 
But in what we do, there's basically an infinite number of people, right? For all intents and purposes, there is. I mean, there's... there's More teeth than we can all see. There's millions of people, and there's not that many of us. And so when your quote-unquote competitor is seeing a lot of people and doing a lot of cases, it doesn't in any way diminish the number of cases that you can do. So in my opinion, it shouldn't be looked at like that. You should be, you should be if anything, you know, admi admiring other people's success as opposed to hating on them for it or thinking to yourself, ah, oh, they should have came to me. That scarcity mindset kind of kicks in. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So this is funny because I learned this lesson the hard way. In, I opened in August of 2020 and three months later there's a coffee shop across the street like right literally across the intersection I'm right at the corner of, of a four intersection whatever you know what an intersection is I don't have to mansplain it <laughs> um, so my private office is overlooking this you know little mom and pop coffee shop across the street that's cool and it and it was you know this like older dude just like making grilled cheese sandwiches for people in the neighborhood like it wasn't a fancy coffee shop it was kind of like the hole in the wall and a fancier coffee shop opened down a couple of doors open called morning parade and they make the you know the five dollar drinks instead of this guy's like drip coffee so he shuts down so he shuts down his doors and um he owns the building so he rents out the space rents out the upstairs and then puts a for rent sign in the front of the the coffee shop and a couple of days later, it gets, you know, the for rent sign goes down and uh, coming soon, dental office sign goes up. And now this is a tiny space, like half the size of my space. It's an old building, like needs a big facelift for it to be anything miraculous. And my office is beautiful, like startup, right? Like pure build from concrete. Everything's really nice. I'm biased, of course. Like this is just <laughs> me talking about my I'm first sure child. I'm sure it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, and I'm envisioning like what's going on across the street. So for months, I'm just like waiting for this doomsday of the opening of this office across the street from me. And it's this like terrible looking thing from the outside, you know, the dude biting into an apple artwork on the windows, like generic stock photos with the peeling letters within the next six months. And then the advertisements go up in the windows, you know, $99 cleanings and free whitening with every new patient or whatever it is, like those stacked in the windows. And my office has none of that. Like it says Tooth Life Studio. It's got some clean artwork and that's it. A phone number and, a, and an email and a um, whatever, like Instagram handle. You know what that did for me? The best thing ever. And I didn't realize it. They were taking the people that I didn't want. I didn't want the 90. I don't know what a $99 cleaning is, nor do I want to know what it is, but it alleviated a lot of stress for me. But for the better part of a year, I would wake up in the morning and I would see that window and I would be like devastated. I would cry. I would be in tears crying that how could someone do that to me? You know, how can they take this space across the street from me? And it was all about me, 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 me. Like they did this to me, but they didn't do it to me. In the end, they did it for me, which was very helpful. That's a great mindset. The worst shift. lesson I've ever had to learn, though, was a year-long lesson. But you're glad you did. I think I am. And I'm, and I'm impressed that you learned that lesson without having to actually learn the lesson. 
it just kind of happened. It's like, it's all about, yeah, it's all about like the environment you're in, you know, people like having mentors, people who you surround yourself with and, and it doesn't just happen from you thinking happy thoughts, right? You have to like, you have to seek it out. So I, I like, I'm a huge reader. I love to read. What do you read? I read books. Like what kind of books? And on my Kindle. I love my Kindle. Okay. What, what kind of books do you read? Like self books? I read mostly like nonfiction um, but I do read some fiction books. Uh, this what, do you, what are you reading now? This book I'm reading now is called Beneath the Starlit Sky. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. What's it about? It's, um, it's about World War II. It's based in, uh, in Italy. So it's about um, what happened in, um, in Italy during World War II. So I'm, I'm like 15% through it. So that's what I'm reading right now. But uh, I'm also... I, I kind of like skip between books. I don't I don't read one book th- cover to cover. I'll 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 you know I'll open a book up to a random spot and then read and then put it down. And That's cool. I usually have two going at a time. I need a fiction for evening, like a bedtime book. Nice. I have to read a book to get to bed. I'm that old. That's I, that's how that's how my mom is. That's how like my best friend is. You'll like, get there. <laughs> you'll get there too just wait you'll get there just wait it'll happen i never thought that i would be that person but i'm now that person and then i've got the like for business book and i'm always reading tools of titans nice it's this constant book Have i you love ever? that book yeah Tim and, Ferriss. I, and i feel like i always go back to it because it's an int- if you've never read it for those that are watching or listening like it's it's not like a you don't read a cover to cover kind of thing unless you're kind of psychopathic then maybe you do but it's like you know, you fiddle through it to find something that helps you answer a question or a situation or scenario of something in your life at that moment. Um, so I always go back to that. If there's like a situation that I was like, I don't know if I handled this the right way. Like, who did Tim talk to that did it right? I think that's really That book powerful. is amazing. Getting yeah. the hard getting the I hard, have the hard cover. Yeah, you got it. It just sits on my coffee it's table. It's a perfect book to just flip to, to a page yeah. and just read it like, read like a small little chapter. Yeah. Yeah. You're so different now than when we spoke the first time around. I feel like we were both just kids back then. I know. We were. It feels like we lived a whole life since then. It's crazy. I mean, we have. What's the hardest thing about being you? Hardest thing about being me? Probably, like, managing the balance between, like, proud of myself, but yet, like, hungry for more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also, just staying mentally healthy, you know? Like, thankfully, I haven't suffered from, like very very much like mental illness but it's just being a dentist is like tough you know it's so hard like in the sense that it's draining and like it can be sometimes isolating especially if you're a solo practitioner yeah um so i think it's important to to take care of yourself and have self-care and be involved with other dentists like even like coming to this and just interacting with other dentists. The I think community. Is, yeah, it's good because it's like these are the only people who can really relate. That is hard. What about you? What's the hardest thing for you about being you? Oof. I am the hardest thing about being me. Is it editing the podcast? No, the I don't do any of that anymore. Oh. Uh, the hardest thing about being me would be um, I also I, I never know when to be proud of myself or like live in the moment. But I think it is my feeling that I don't do enough in the day. I hate that. Although I do more in one day than most people do in a week. Um, but it's this constant hunger for efficiency and systemization and organization. 
It's like I'm always looking for like the next Trello board or the next spreadsheet template like or check. the next, no, like to make things faster, efficient. Um, and that happens in dentistry too. Like what products can I use to make things faster? Like what bulk fill is the best bulk fill? What curing light can cure faster than the other curing light? I'm always looking for this like step up. I feel you. That I never get to sometimes. And when I don't get to it, I'm like super frustrated with myself. But also, especially in dentistry, like sometimes faster is not always better. Right. You know? Yeah. It's like, because some of these. The slow roll. Some of these lights. Yeah. That's just like an example. But sure. Some of these lights that like are like, you know, two second The curing, quick polymerization. Yeah. It's too much. It's too strong. So like right. it'll sh cause more shrinkage. Shrinkage. Sure. So that's you, a good you need a good ramp. Do you want to do some tough questions with me from my toolkit? Sure. All right, let's do three. Pick pick one. We're going to do three, but pick one. You got to read it out loud. <laughs> Take it. What does if it say? If you knew you only had one year to live, what would you spend the next 12 months doing? Let's see that card. Show me that card. Oh, all right. That's somber. That's a really tough one. It's a great question, though. Um, so I think it would involve... A lot of travel with yeah. family, probably. Yeah. You know, probably be, probably be like, checking off some some bucket list travel destinations. Like what? Where would you go? Probably go to. We keep these cards though. Oh. He's <laughs> just like angrily scrunching <laughs> it. <laughs> so I'd probably go to Africa, New, okay. New Zealand, Australia, um, India. Yeah. And would you like not have a permanent address? You would just like pack a bag and just. I'd say for like for like four four of the twelve months. Assuming that all of the twelve months you're like able to travel. Right. There's like a day. Well, this question doesn't sure. say. Right. I'm assu I'm assuming I'm healthy. Right. Assuming you're healthy for those twelve twelve months. I would take maybe like me and like some eight, friends. Eight, like eight people. Yeah. And then do that for like maybe four months, and then. Just like sell your practice and just blow it all. I don't know. I don't even know if I would. I would care about selling it because it's, um, you know. Yeah. I'm not gonna be here. Who knows? But I guess I don't have kids either, so I guess that's a very tough question. Very tough question. I would do the same. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't have a permanent address. I'd probably like backpack it. I've always wanted a backpack. I don't know what that means. I did that. Did you? Kind of. Yeah. Where? In Southeast Asia. For how long? For a month. That's cool. For a month uh, after dental school. Like hostels and stuff? Like yep. that whole, like low cheap hostels or like medium high hostels? Like low like, cheap hostels. Like $3 a day kind of hostels? Yeah. Okay. Like sleeping in a room with, with like, like 20 people? Yep. Yep. So me and two of my classmates from NYU. Yeah. We, we did that in Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, and China. And that was cool. That was very cool. One, one of the guys I was with met his now wife backpacking. That's cool. All right, number two. Do it out. Oh, you made these? No. I bought them. In what respects are you still the same person you were as a child? Ooh, oh. I love that. I love that. I, I'm very silly. Okay. Um, I'm very inquisitive. Yeah. I, I ask a ton of questions. Okay. I want to take a photo of you holding that one, too. I want to remember who, who gets what questions. At the end of the year, I'm just going to make a video of, like, all of the questions. You should. These are great questions. I'm going questions. to. Um, it'd be cool if you, like, 
branded these like with your logo. That would be stealing. That <laughs> <laughs> would be theft. Well, maybe it could be a collab. <laughs> maybe a collab, yeah. So that's So you're it. silly? I'm silly. What was what is like your like si- the silly thing that you do that oh, I'm just like I'm just I'm just a goofball. Like yeah. I'll, I'll like I'll like I'm, I'm like a big movie quoter. Yeah. So like if you hang out with me Everything um, is a movie quote. I'm like constantly quoting like Austin Powers and like. Did you see Austin Powers here? No. There was an Austin Powers impersonator right over there. What? Yeah, that's cool. I, I I'm to I'm him. trying to I'm gonna answer this question for you with one photo. I'm trying to find this photo of me. I use it in one of my presentations, and um, it's me as a small child, sitting at a desk, holding. Uh, let's see if I write child in my Google. Google Images. Wow! If you do, if it comes up, that would be awesome. Probably will. All of kid, all kid photos pop up. Um, I'm sitting at a desk. I've got all of my pencils are sharpened. All of my like little toys and boats and things are all in a row. I'm like the most organized kid on the planet, according to my mother. And uh, here it is. I'm still this person so very much. Aww. Isn't that so funny? That is so funny. That you, orderly life. Uh, everything's like nice like and neat. Like perfect. I'm obsessed with organization. That's great. I could definitely use some more organization. It's a curse too, though. If it's, yeah, I, could, I hear you. If you, if it's not. It's like, yeah, yeah. If, if one thing is not in the right spot, it's a problem. Some days. Last card. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. We can do it. Ooh, that's I'm working a, on it. It's a good one. Uh oh. When did you last feel desperate? Oof. When did I last feel desperate? Wow. That's a tough one. I don't know if I've ever felt desperate. <laughs> um, desperate. Desperate. That's a really good question. I don't know if I've ever felt. De- let's define desperate. what desperate means to us first so meaning you want something so much that but it's not in your control to have it that's what it means when I say that word to me that's what it means to me Hmm. like wanting something so much that you're willing to go to any length to get it Um, and it doesn't have to be a bad thing like being desperate for something doesn't doesn't have to have this negative connotation i think we're making it seem like it like it is like it's this you're angry or um scorned but the re to me at least it it means that i just want something so bad um that's a tough one i can't think of a time that i've ever felt i think i'm currently desperate for something yeah so a year ago, I went back to school and I became a restorative dental hygienist, which means that I can do everything except prep a tooth. And I have an associate in my practice who does all of our dentistry. And I've been able to like slowly incorporate restorative into my everyday practice, but not like to the extent that I envisioned it. Like I left a super huge producing practice to open my own practice. Like five docs she was a coist mentor uh six six restorative hygienists all just pumping out restorative 
So I saw these crazy restorative cases coming out of restorative hygiene. I was like, I want to do that. When I open my own practice, I'm going to do it myself. So I was so desperate to do this restorative case. Like I'm currently working on it with the 3M Filtech matrix. Like I'm doing a Filtech matrix case for the first time that I'm doing it for free. Nice. Because I just am so desperate to include more cosmetic dentistry into my everyday practice. Nice. Very so nice. I'm currently desperate, but okay, so it's not a bad, I don't think that it's a bad desperate. I think it's like I'm working towards something, but I know that I just like want that so badly. Yeah. Well, I didn't think of it like that. I would say in the very, very beginning, I'm talking like first year out of dental school, maybe, maybe second year out of dental school, I was doing cosmetic cases for cost and making zero dollars. And so I was desperate to get the, the reps in and the, and the ex experience because that's the only way to get good. And so, yeah, that's th those days are long gone, thank God. <laughs> but, but you got to do what you, you got to do, do, you gotta right? do. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's a great way to, to think about it. That's a good way to end it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. this was so fun. Thank cool. you for having me. Thanks for being back. Yeah. So we'll meet you here in three years? See you in three years. 19, 20, <laughs> 20, 20, Yeah, I'll see you here in three years. What year Four that? years. Four years. Shoot, what year will that be? What year is it 2027. now? 2027. What birthday is it? Wow. Okay, so we'll see you in 2027. You'll probably have a kid. <laughs> probably. I'll bring another poodle. I'll have two two dogs instead of just one. Amazing. And uh, so thank you for recording with me. This was fun. Of course. Peace out, peeps. Peace. Whoa. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Oh, hi. So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side. <laughs>